0: Okay, welcome to High Cheese with Darren Maloney. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022. And I'll tell you, we've got a disaster on our hands. Inflation numbers came out today. CPA came out at 8.30 this morning. And they came in at 8.6% versus an 8.3% estimate. So inflation is not peaking as we've been told. Inflation is not transitory, as we've been told. And everything else that this administration and these so-called professionals and these so-called experts have told us has been wrong. We've politicized thought, we've politicized economics, we've politicized finance, and we've wrecked the economy because we've been led for the past two years by an incompetent president. An incompetent administration. A financial media that is in bed with the Democratic Party. And all they want to do is just talk up, oh, how th- good things are. Because that's their agenda. And we've got real economic problems because of this. So what I want to do is I want to go to a clip of Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary. Oh, she fessed up. He said, oh, I was wrong about transitory inflation. Just like every other expert that we heard on TV. Now, I disagree with him. You know, if you go to my previous episodes, I'll tell you that it wasn't transitory. And there's plenty of other people out there that said the same thing. However, people like Yellen, people like Raimondo, people like Zandi, they've been out there talking political finance political economics so let me go to this clip and then we'll discuss
1: look i i think i was wrong then about um the path that inflation um would take as i mentioned there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um supply bottlenecks That have affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time didn't fully understand.
0: Janet Yellen, you should resign. She did not fully understand the impact of these Biden programs throwing massive amounts of money into an economy that was coming back strong. That's what you're paid to do. You're paid to fully understand this. Unless you're politicized. And I think that's what you are. Again, and as I've said time and time again, all they had to do is listen to Donald Trump. He said it was going to be a V-shaped recovery. And because Trump said it, they did the opposite. Just like they did at the border. They did a 180-degree turn border policy that Trump had established. And they're wrecking the economy because they didn't listen to Trump. If they listened to Trump, they wouldn't have thrown all this money into a rebounding economy. And at the time, Yellen approved this. She was supportive of all dumping all of this money into the economy. She has to go. She has to resign. And this is the problem you get. What we have here today is the result of political finance political economics, and this administration is full of political hacks, whether it's the attorney general, whether it's the treasury secretary, whether it's the commerce secretary, whether it's the department of transportation, they're just hacks. They have absolutely no fundamental understanding of what their responsibilities are and what they've been charged to do. Now, what I want to do is I want to go to another clip of somebody else who should resign, the Commerce Secretary Raimondo. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss.
2: And joining me now is the Secretary of Commerce, Gina Raimondo. Secretary Raimondo, thanks for joining us. So you heard Secretary Yellen this week said... She got it wrong about inflation. In July, you told Bloomberg that inflation would be temporary about a year ago. As recently as six months ago, you were calling inflation a, quote, short-term problem, not a long-term problem. So you got it wrong, too.
1: You know, you're starting to see inflation come down.
2: Well, all due respect, Madam Secretary, Larry Summers, a year ago, more than a year ago, was saying that the Biden administration was putting too much money into the economy, flooding too much money into the economy, and he was concerned about inflation, and officials said that Larry Summers was wrong, and it turned out Larry Summers was right.
1: I don't really agree with that characterization. Look, the reality is, I was just in Europe a couple of weeks ago, gas there in France is $10 a gallon.
2: We're talking about two critical issues here that directly affect the American people where they live, where the Biden administration looks like it was caught flat-footed. Inflation, and baby formula, not to mention the record gas prices, which were hurt by the war in Ukraine, no doubt, but that's not the only reason why they're so high. Why does it seem the Biden administration is consistently playing cleanup on these problems that are playing out exactly as many experts forecast they would instead of heading them off before they become a crisis?
1: But fundamentally, what we have here is a robust economic recovery, and I think that's in large part due to the president's leadership. The president is asking for Congress and others for potential ideas. But as you say, the reality is uh, that there isn't very much more to be
0: done. And the first clip was from uh, Jake Tapper at CNN. And the second part of the clip was from an interview. I think it was Yahoo News. And uh, what I find interesting is her response to um, inflation. One of the things she pointed out. Uh, she said, hey, what's the problem? They got $10 a gallon gasoline in Europe. Well, we're not European. This is America. And tell that to the people of California who have $10 of gasoline right now. The other thing she points out is, oh, you know, we've got a wonderful economy here. And this is so out of touch. This is how so out of touch this administration is. Oh, it's a great economy. What are you complaining about? Did you also notice that she said, oh, well, inflation has peaked? No, it hasn't. Not with the CPI number today. And then she finishes up and says, well, you know what? There's really nothing we can do about it. So we're on our own, people. We are not going to get any help from this administration on the price of gasoline or inflation until November. And that's when it will start to turn. But we are on our own. We are going to get no help from this administration on gasoline or inflation. And remember that in November. And think about it. What was her last sentence? Oh, the president is looking for help from Congress. So if anybody has any ideas, let us know. You would think the Commerce Secretary would know this answer. You would think that Janet Yellen would know this answer. Oh, tell me, what's the answer? Somebody tell me, what's the answer? Well, you're the Commerce Secretary. You're supposed to know, which is absolutely incompetence and another political hack. Now, speaking of political hacks, I'm going to play another clip. I, I'm clip happy today. And this is from Mark Zandi. Zandi is uh, uh, the chief economist at uh, Moody's Analytics, and he is the go-to guy for the Democrats in Congress, um, as well as the Democratic Party, uh, as their economic expert. And what I want to do is I want to, and I want to go to a clip from Zandi in February 15th. And uh, she's being interviewed by Maria Bartiromo. And thank God for Maria. She's really good. She pushed back on this guy. A- and Zandi is one of the so-called experts that we see on TN- CNN, MSNBC, any, anything they, anytime they wanted to push some type of economic agenda, you see his face in those little boxes. One of those talking heads. So let me play this clip because I think he proves to be an incompetent political hack. So let me play this and then we'll come back and discuss.
3: I think so, Maria. I, uh, you know, I think inflation actually has peaked. It probably peaked back in the fall. Uh, that's when the month-to-month increases were at their apex.
1: Do you expect recession in
3: 2023? I don't. Uh, I mean, that is a, a scenario. You, know, you can't rule that out.
1: But, but, Mark, I mean, you say that things are going to lessen on the inflation front. You also told us inflation was transitory about six months ago. So what's the evidence that it's going to slow down?
3: Well, uh, transitory, I think it is transitory. I think it is temporary. I think it's related. But it hasn't to been transitory. No, it has. I mean, if you go back to the peak of inflation no, month to hasn't. month. You know, well, the peak in CPI inflation, for example, was October of last year. That's when the CPI— increased 1% in that given month. And that's what Delta was at a 40-year high
1: right now. Consumer inflation's at a 40-year high right now. You don't think that now's the peak? You don't think next month we'll see the same number? You think the peak happened last year?
3: Hard to remember, obviously, but a year ago, inflation was incredibly low. I'm just just looking at what I
1: pay at the cash register, Mark. I'm just looking at what I yeah. pay at the cash register. And I know meat is up in the double digits. I know gasoline is up 60%. So I'm looking at what I have to take money out of my wallet to pay for stuff. That's what I'm looking at.
3: I hear you. I, 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 prices are rising. There's no doubt about it. I'm just saying the rate of increase. Yeah. So the increase in price you paid this month, Maria, is less than the rate of increase you paid back six months ago. To me, that means inflation is moving in the right direction. Is it where we need it? Obviously not. we got a long way to go but my sense is the underlying cause of the of the high inflation is the pandemic and as that goes away inflation should moderate is it going to happen quickly no so hang in there maria but it's it uh, you'll see the better you'll see better and when you go when you go buy um, uh, some meat or you go to the fill your gas tank you know 6 months from now you'll be feeling better about things
0: so zandi come august when we go to fill up our tank and we go to the grocery store we're going to be happy We're going to be much happier because prices are going to be down. I don't think so. And I I love what he does. He tries to obfuscate everything. And and Maria Bartiromo is really good. She pushes back on this. And he's trying to obfuscate everything by saying, well, inflation is really the rate of increase. And Maria's not buying it. She just said, look, the cost of meat has gone up. The cost of gasoline has gone up. I don't want to hear these economic numbers that are just trying to confuse everybody which is what they do. Attorneys do the same thing. When they can't answer a question, they just try to obfuscate everything. And Zandi's doing this. But Zandi's a hired gun by the Democratic Party. And the other thing I want to point out is this is about two weeks before Russia attacked Ukraine. And he does not mention that. You've got hundreds of thousands of troops on the Ukrainian border threatening to attack Ukraine. And this guy says nothing about it. Now, ultimately, it's had a little effect, very little effect on gasoline prices. But that's not my point. My point is, is that this guy didn't even mention it. Ah, he's too, you know why? He's too busy at the fundraisers. He's too busy at the cocktail parties. He's too busy trying to line up his next gig to be on TV. And, and it's a disturbing time right now, right now, because everything is so screwed up. This country has been misled for two years from this administration. And the financial markets have been artificially pupped up by artificially low interest rates since 2008. So right now, coming out of this, getting back to normal, really, nobody knows. And that's not, uncertainty is not good. It's not good for the markets, It's not good for real estate. And I've always said this, the way modern day people think and modern day experts, everything's great until it's not. Perfect example is Jim Cramer at CNBC. It was several months ago. He said, this is the best economy in my lifetime. And two two weeks later, we started this collapse. So everything's good until it's not. Believe none of these people. Believe your own instincts. Talk to people that you trust, but believe none of this. And with that said, I'm going to uh, go to a clip again. And it has to do with the housing market. Everybody's talking about keeping this housing market pumped up. And again, this is with Maria Bartiromo. Let me play this clip, and uh, then we'll come back and discuss.
1: I want to get your take on real estate in general first. How would you assess the market?
0: You know, the market is still
2: strong. We had pre-pandemic, let's say we were at a 5 from a scale of 1 to 10, and we quickly accelerated to a 10. Everyone knew they were unsustainable levels, but it was fun while it lasted. I'd say right now we're at a seven. It's still a strong market. Sellers are still in a good position. It's really the best of all worlds for real estate right now.
0: And again, Maria was uh, interviewing Thad Wong from Christie's Real Estate. And unfortunately, I think this is another case that everything's great until it's not. There's a lot of storm clouds out there about real estate. Most recent one I read was the uh, number of mortgages that were written have declined dramatically. So you have no real estate market if nothing's being sold. And could that be where we're headed? It was around 2008, right before the uh, market collapse, including the real estate market collapse. And I was listening to Larry Kudlow. And I knew there was going to be a problem with the real estate market because Larry Kudlow came out and it was one of his talk shows. He was uh, talking to some analysts and he was saying, well, what's the problem with uh, real estate going to infinity? That's a good thing. And at that point, I, I knew there was a problem. When somebody comes out and said, there's no problem with real estate going to infinity. Oh, that's a problem. And I'm starting to get that sense right now. I just don't know how bad the real estate market is going to be. And again, I'm not giving financial advice, but particularly if you're a first-time home buyer, single, just starting out in the market, young couple, just sit and wait. Time is on your side. You know, if you have to pay a little higher in rent for the next year, do it. But you'll get some good deals. You'll get better deals than you get today. So just sit and wait. Time is on your side. Like the stock market, the real estate market has to come back to reality. And it's just a matter of time. You know, I was up in the air about whether I was going to watch the J6 hearings last night. And I did. And it was a waste of time. And... All I got out of it that Liz Cheney really, really hates Donald Trump and will make things up about it. So with that said, I want to just go right to a clip with Liz talking. And it was funny. They all, you know, everybody had their teleprompter. Everything was coordinated. Everybody knew what to say. It was, it was like a, uh, a junior high school play. Okay, here's what you have to say. Read this. Okay, I'm going to hand it off to this person and he's going to read that. But I knew they were starting to jump the shark when Liz Cheney came out and said that Donald Trump said that Mike Pence should have been hanged. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss because this whole thing was comical. And the funny thing is, is that you talk about conspiracy theories. This is another conspiracy theory. They're they're doing their darndest to try to link Trump as coordinating this whole thing, this whole J6 thing. So let's go to the uh, clip, and then we'll come back and discuss.
1: And aware of the rioters' chance to hang Mike Pence, the president responded with this sentiment, quote, maybe our supporters have the right idea. Mike Pence, quote, deserves it. As part of our investigation, we will present information about what the White House and other intelligence agencies knew, and why the Capitol was not better prepared. But we will not lose sight of the fact that the Capitol Police did not cause the crowd to attack. And we will not blame the violence that day, violence provoked by Donald Trump, on the officers who bravely defended all of us.
0: Okay, just a few key things I just wanted to point out with Cheney. Um, she mentioned that she's, uh, they're going to talk about intelligence and how the Capitol police were not prepared. And you know what that means? They're not going to talk about it. They do not want to expose Nancy Pelosi to dropping the ball on this or intentionally dropping the ball on it. And this is just a game they play in, uh, Washington. They'll talk about it early. Oh yeah, we're going to cover this. And then they never do. And then six months later... They say, well, you didn't cover it. Oh, I did. See, here's a clip. I talked about it. And they didn't talk about much. And they have no intentions about seriously getting into the intelligence and why all the intelligence that said there could be a problem. Why was that ignored? And who was in charge of that being ignored? I think it was Nancy Pelosi. And I think it was Chuck Schumer. Those were the elected officials that had a responsibility to keep the Capitol safe. And whatever reason, they didn't do it. But they're not going to talk about it. But we will. And the other thing, too, is she says, oh, you know, we're going to do everything to link this to Donald Trump. Essentially, that's what she's saying. We're going to link this to Donald Trump. Two-bit show. They had bought up a, a, a female police officer that was hurt. And she said that she slipped on people's blood. That's got to be a lot of blood if you're going to slip on blood. And I don't remember seeing anybody bloody like that. And then you had this hole, and it was comical. It was they did like a a three D graphic of the Capitol building, and they showed how the Proud Boys attacked this uh, entrance, and the Oath Keepers attacked this entrance and how they coordinated with each other. And so what they did is they, they they trotted out, I think, a young attorney. No one else probably wanted to do this. Or he met a demographic. He met a political demographic that they wanted to uh, um, have attracted to them. And it was an African-American young man. So I felt sorry for the kid because he looked foolish. He was talking about how you know they they came in through this exit and they attacked this exit, and they tried to make it appear that it was uh, like a documentary from the History Channel. You ever see like World War II in color, those type of shows? Well, you know, that's it was a weak attempt at making this hearing look like that, and it was it was comic, it really was a waste of time. I'm kind of interested to see what the ratings look like on this now. With that said. You know, th- let's, let's parlay this into the attempted assassination of Justice Kavanaugh. And if there's anybody that incited violence, it was Chuck Schumer several months ago when the decision was leaked. So I want to know why this guy isn't prosecuted. And you know, you don't hear much from Chuck over the past few days. This guy does not leave a camera alone. This guy loves to be in front of the camera. He loves to be in front of a microphone. Where is he now? He's really quiet. Well, I think he should be indicted. You really want to focus on somebody that incites an assassination? Let's look at Chuck Schumer. And I'm just going to play this quick. You may have heard it already, but I have to play it. Because you think about what Chuck Schumer did and the results of what Chuck Schumer did versus the words... Of Donald Trump to go peacefully in protest. All right, let me play this.
3: The Supreme Court is hearing arguments, as you know,
2: for the first major abortion right cases since
0: Justices Kavanaugh and Justices Gorsuch came to the bench. We know what's at stake. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. Now, doesn't that sound evil? Doesn't it sound like uh, some Satanist conjuring up the evil spirits to go after Kavanaugh? That's what it sounds like. Nevertheless, this guy should be indicted. And I certainly hope that there's a push for that to happen. Now, what this hearing is all about, they're, they're trying to box or ch- they're trying to push the attorney general into indicting Trump. That's what they're looking to do. That's, that's what this is all about. They want to see if they can get Merrick Garland to indict Trump on this. And the Gestapo was out. The U.S. Gestapo was out over the past uh, few days prior to the, these hearings. And I think it was all coordinated. You had the FBI arresting Peter Navarro, Donald Trump's economic advisor. And also in the same time frame, you had the FBI arrest Ryan Kelly, a leading Republican gubernatorial candidate in Michigan, simply for the fact that he was at J6. Someone saw his face in the audience. So he was arrested for that. And then finally, um, Enrico Tarrio, one of the leaders of the Proud Boy group. I don't know much about this group, but apparently they showed up on J6. So apparently they upgraded his charges or they uh, laid additional charges of sedition on him. And he was subsequently arrested by the FBI. And they needed that because uh, last night they spoke at the hearing about the Proud Boys. And I find it ironic. I find it absolutely stupid. they referred to the Proud Boys as a, a white supremacist group. Or, or someone, that, a group that espoused white supremacy. Well, what they don't tell you is that Tarrio's part African-Cuban. So I, it just doesn't make sense. You've got a part African-Cuban man being a white supremacist. In what world does this happen? In the world of the Gestapo and the world of the twisted minds that are on that dais last night. And it's shameful. And that's when the Republicans get in in November. And when a Republican becomes president, the FBI has to be dismantled. The Department of Justice has to be dismantled. Let's reimagine it like the Democrats. We have to reimagine the FBI. We have to reimagine the Department of Justice. Get all the political hacks out of it. I told you a couple episodes ago. A dear friend of mine from years ago, he was a former FBI agent, he just couldn't take the politicization. And that's got to change. So let's reimagine the bureaucracy in Washington in 2024. Because it's got to happen. And in a typical fashion, Nancy Pelosi is blocking, passing a resolution that would provide more security for Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court justices. Just as she refused to add any more security to the Capitol on J6. She's refusing additional security for the Supreme Court justices. What is she looking to happen? It's horrific what she wants. And it just it's consistent with how she's handled protecting schools from crazy gunmen. She refuses to fortify schools. And as a result, kids are getting killed or have been killed. Because the Democrats, if they can't get gun control, they'll just leave all the schools exposed to gunmen. Remember these gun-free zones? Yeah, they're schools. You know what a gun-free zone is? It's an invite for somebody to come in and shoot you up. And this is how the Democrats want it. So this is entirely consistent with Nancy Pelosi. No fortification of schools. No additional security at the Capitol and J6. And no additional protection for Kavanaugh. Can you start putting two and two together. On the motives of this person. And I can't wait. When she's out of speaker. Let the Catholic Church deal with her. Well speaking of religion. Remember last episode. I had given kudos to those. Uh, five or six Tampa Bay players. Who did not want to wear. The gay pride patch. And uh, again. It's entirely up to them. But. I'm going to play a clip. It's from Sarah Spain. She's an ESPN reporter, Sarah Spain. She calls freedom of religion as religious exemption BS. So you're not allowed to exercise your right of religion on the playing field, on the ball field, on any facet of life, because it's religious exemption BS. So let me play the clip from her, and then we'll come back and discuss
1: Pride is about inclusion, so you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic. It's what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children prescriptions all sorts of rights and so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted
0: first of all you know what i find so surprising is that this is a journalist and she clearly has difficulty communicating Or well, the moderator of the show kept having have to go back well what did you mean by that and she went back and what i did is i just condensed this you know i condensed like a you know a four-minute conversation into to this because she just wasn't clear. And that's what happens is that it may be intentional and maybe she's just not bright. But when everything's blurry and you can't articulate what's in your mind and you don't have a full, you, you can't keep a full thought, then there's no rationale with your position. And that's what she has here. I, I just think she's foggy in the head. She can't articulate it. But what she's saying essentially though is that you know religious people are bigots. You have to like gay people. If you don't like gay people, you're a bigot. Jesus was a bigot. God is a bigot. Because if you don't like the way I live, you're a bigot. If your religion tells you that you're not allowed to like my way of life, you're a bigot. That's essentially what she's saying in a convoluted way. And we have to put, and and Christians have to push back on this. Don't be like a disciple that denied Jesus. Don't be like Peter that denied Jesus. Be better than that. So if Christians, you have to push back on this. Do not accept this. And if it results in you cutting off ESPN or complaining to ESPN about this, do it. Because you have every right to protect your religion. And if you don't exercise that right, you have to question your own sense of Christianity. You can't fall back on anything. You can't fall back on, oh, that's the way God wants it. If God wanted to stop it, he would stop it. That's not being a Christian. You have to fight for your religion. Jesus fought for your religion. You have to fight for it, too. Okay, let's go to the markets. Well, inflation wasn't the only bad news today. The um, preliminary Michigan consumer sentiment fell from 58.4 in May to 50.20 in June. And this is the lowest recorded level since they started collecting data in 1952. So we got a problem here. This country has a problem. And it's all because of the administration. It's all because of the incompetence of the administration. And let's just look at something bright. Tesla. Tesla filed today for a three to one stock split. So there's good news for some Tesla owners. So let's go to the markets. The Dow finished down today 2.73% to 31,392.79. Year to date, the Dow is down 13.61%. The SP finished down 2.91% to 3900.86 year to date the S&P is down 18.16%. The Nasdaq finished down 3.52% to 11340.02. Year to date the Nasdaq is down 27.52%. The 10-year bond finished up 12.3 basis points to 3.165%. Oil WTI finished up 0.80% to $120.34 per barrel. Gold futures finished up 1.209% to 1875 per ounce. And silver finished up 0.5% to $21.925 per ounce. Bitcoin. Bitcoin is trading right now. It's at $9. 23 in the evening at $29,210.05. Ethereum right now is trading at $1,679.20. And XRP is trading at $0.38. Well, listen, you have a good weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Take care now.